You know, we've been experiencing what I would call a trifecta of feasts at the end of the Easter season, at the beginning of the second season of Ordinary Time on the church's liturgical calendar. We celebrated the Feast of Pentecost two weeks ago, plus what we would call two encores. Last week after Pentecost, we celebrated the Feast of the Holy Trinity, and today the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Body and Blood of Christ. In these feasts, we celebrate three important realities on the, of the Christian faith, that is, the church that was born when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles, our triune God that we celebrated last weekend, and today we celebrate the sacrament that binds us as Catholics, the Most Holy Eucharist. Flannery O'Connor was a devout American Catholic novelist who died in 1964 at the age of 39, and she comes to mind today on this feast. During her short life, she prolifically wrote two novels, 32 short stories, a number of reviews and commentaries in her time. Last week, I shared an anecdote from O'Connor's life with our confirmation students that also comes to mind today. One evening, she was enjoying dinner with a friend, and the conversation turned to faith, and specifically the Eucharist, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Obviously, as a Catholic, born and raised and living in the South, O'Connor had to be ready to defend our common belief in the Holy Eucharist. Perhaps with a, too, with a few too many martinis in her system, her friend noted that the Eucharist, with its elaborate Latin liturgies and rituals at the time, was such a beautiful symbol, such a beautiful symbol. I kind of wish I'd been there to see and hear O'Connor's response. In her own words... Flannery O'Connor responded in a shaky voice, well, if it's just a symbol, to hell with it. If it's just a symbol, to hell with it. In her reflection about the incident, she said that it was all the defense that she was capable of. She reflected, I realize now that this is all I will ever be able to say about it, that the Eucharist is the center of existence for me. All the rest of life is expendable. I live in much the same way as a priest for 29 years. I've said Mass a lot. I added it together recently. I pray over 400 Masses a year, which means over the course of my priestly life, I'm nearing 12,000 Masses. But if it's just a symbol, I'm with O'Connor. I'm with Flannery O'Connor. To heck with it. To review, I went to Catholic schools and reviewed the foundational tenets about the Eucharist that in the church it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. But as the primary teachers of faith, it was through my parents and their deep faith that I knew of the supernatural gift that we share when we gather each day and indeed every Sunday. Jesus' last words to his disciples were documented in St. Matthew's Gospel. All power in heaven and earth has been given to me, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them what I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you until the end of the age. In fact, this is our parish mission statement. Jesus' last instructions to the disciples were about the church and her two main sacraments, that is, the sacrament of baptism and the Eucharist. Interestingly, Jesus didn't tell the disciples what to say as they evangelized. Rather, he told them what to do. 
Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And at the Last Supper, he commanded, as we just heard in our second reading today from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and also it's found in three Gospels, this is my body, this is my blood, do this in memory of me. One of the earliest descriptions of Christian worship whereby, uh, is by St. Justin Martyr in the year 155. And he details all the essentials of the Mass that we celebrate today. The Liturgy of the Word, the Liturgy of the Eucharist, the Sign of Peace, the intercessions. It's all there, just as we do today. And St. Justin focused on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. All Christians put the Eucharist at the center put the Eucharist at the center of their worship for the first 1,500 years of church history. It was then that the Protestant reformers replaced the Eucharist with the Bible and preaching that's reflected not just in their services. In fact, this change in focus is reflected in their architecture as the altar of sacrifice, the Eucharistic sacrifice, was replaced by a lectern in a Bible. To be clear, the Bible is the Word of God, but it is only the Word of God on paper. The Eucharist, by contrast, is the Word of God. The second person of the Trinity, Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity. Jesus told us to do many things during his earthly ministry, to love each other, to feed the poor, to preach the gospel, to promote justice and peace, to familiarize ourselves and live Christian virtues like courage, self-control, honesty, chastity, and compassion. When we look at this list of virtues, we know beyond a doubt that the people, the Church of God, have not always been faithful to these and other teachings of Jesus Christ. Thank God for confession, right? Yes, there are many sinners mixed in with the saints of the Church, many of them unrepentant, starting with Judas Iscariot, who went off after his betrayal of Jesus and hanged himself. On the other hand, for over 2,000 years, the Church, the people of God, have produced great saints who have been faithful to what Jesus commanded at the Last Supper to his roughshod and often disloyal apostles. Take this and eat it. Take this and drink. Do this in memory of me. So the Eucharist is literally the real presence of Jesus himself. Jesus is to be adored only in the Eucharist, which, why, which is why, at considerable investment of our time and stewarded resources, our parish built our wonderful adoration chapel. If you've never been there, stop by. Keep an hour with the Lord, maybe even this week. I mean, think about it. To adore anything could be considered idolatry. We don't worship the Bible. We don't worship a church or a statue or God's natural creation or beautiful creeds or illustrious saints, but for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and 364 days of the year minus Good Friday, we worship and adore Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist under the appearances of bread and wine. And the Eucharist has sustained us as a people. It is the linchpin of our Catholic faith. Belief in the presence either makes us the greatest of the Lord's disciples or the biggest fools and idolaters that our world has ever seen. But if it is true, and we know that it is, then we as Catholics 
are seriously blessed, are the most privileged Christians in the world. That is, God not only comes to us, but in the real presence of the Eucharist, the incarnate Son of God comes to dwell in our bodies and our souls and remains present in many adoration chapels and tabernacles throughout the world. If we believe, then our lives must be conformed to Christ and not the other way around. Jesus, our Eucharistic King, has no need to do it our way. Jesus and his teachings must be the driving force of our lives, and this is precisely where a communal witness to Christ often fails him. In a recent debate about whether dissenting Catholic politicians should be allowed to receive communion as they live a rather secular gospel instead of a biblical one. Personally, to me, it's a matter of integrity. That is, if you actively dissent and have the integrity and the decision to refrain from the Eucharist, there are no both ands as it pertains to the predisposed to receive Holy Communion. Either you are in the state of grace or you are not. Politicians, by the way, are an easy target. What about the rest of us? Many say they're Catholic, but live lives that do not resemble authentic faith. Perhaps missing mass a lot, for example, or killing the, re the reputations of others by gossip. Perhaps we haven't prayerfully considered the, and been open to children, or perhaps you support capital punishment or abortion. If you've noticed, our world is tense today. Our belief in things like the defense of human life from conception to natural death makes us targets for ridicule and most recently even violence to our churches. Our conviction about the sanctity of marriage and human sexuality make us a countercultural and out of step with the world church and the recipients of name-calling and canceling. Around the world, devotion to the gospel has resulted in 5,900 deaths in 2021 alone, martyrs in our day. Fidelity in any age of persecution draws authentic Catholics to the Eucharist. For when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are not alone, ever. Our Eucharistic King is with us, inside us, and will lead us to green pastures and eternity with God. So we must think about our amen today when you receive communion. Amen, after all, means I believe, in this case, in the real presence that is found amongst the members of the body of Christ. God is equipping us for fidelity no matter what lies ahead. We know that Jesus is present to us. Our prayer today should be, Lord, after you have entered my body and soul, may I give witness to you in a fallen and difficult world.